It happened. What happened? What? You have a baby. I do. A four-legged baby. <laughs> oh, that was intense. <laughs> but are you must be used to the intensity now when you're listening yeah. to the Horsecore <laughs> podcast. So I'm your host, Diener. I'm Steph. And I'm Stevie. Yeah, we're so excited for your baby. And it's bloodlines. Tell us a little bit about the bloodlines on this one. But don't bring it up too much because I kind of want to buy this one. <laughs> yeah, but don't, talk, don't so, talk it up too much. Yeah, yeah it was so cute though. Like that little baby loved Nadine. It did love me. Did. I just finished telling them like she's a little bit skittish, whatever. And she's just oh, was so snuggly. She loved me. Yeah. She liked your scratches. Yeah. yeah, she did. She liked my nails. Most animals like oh, my nails. Maybe mm. that's what it was. That's probably what it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, who is her mama? Her mom is Rumor, who mm-hmm. is, she's a direct daughter of PYC Paint Your Wagon. Yes. And she, yes. And she's out of a, he's a fast man mare. Well, she's going to be a fast mm-hmm. baby. Excited. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, who's, who's her daddy? Hall of Famer. So he's a dash to fame. Right. Um, nice. Out of a firewater flit. Oh, what a stacked yeah, pedigree. That is stacked. Who, uh, so who's next on the foaling list and what else is going on around the Workington Performance <gasps> Insert massive household. eye roll. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Mine's Legit. like way overdue. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Can't I'm complain just, too much. But you don't have yours here. You're not watching her That's true. every That's freaking true. second. Of <laughs> I just the get day. to wait for the text. I'm like, <laughs> it's like literally watching the second hand nonstop mm-hmm. for a week. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. <laughs> That's chocolate pie, FG chocolate pie. And she has been like. She was winking at us today. She was. Yeah. <laughs> she, but yeah, I've been watching her and she's like, looks like she's ready. And then nothing happens. And that's been going on for a couple nights. I have alarms on my mares because I'm like, I need to know I can't not be there. Mm-hmm. And you have like a full screen <laughs> camera set up yeah, in your bedroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. It's like good quality too. Yeah. yeah. So even at night um, and that those cameras have sound too so i oh, can what turn. yeah and uh, and like yeah it's really good actually i can even talk in there so i can be like it's okay chocolate pie you can do it <laughs> <laughs> and breathe and push yes yeah no but um yeah so i have that and i i'm gonna get milk strips now i was talking to ashley lacy she's been very helpful in this whole journey nice yeah and so i'm gonna get those too because i'm just like She's torturing me, this horse. So last night, I the alarm went off. I like I've been setting my own alarm every hour as well. <laughs> every hour as well because I, I don't know. I'm just crazy. Yeah. Anyway, and so my alarm went off, and then, or maybe her alarm went off. I can't remember. I'm losing a lot of sleep lately. <laughs> yeah, you were a little. T- you were a little tired today. Yeah. Stevie was not feeling the outfit changes. Quite she as wasn't. As we were. No, she. We be changing, and she just sit there. <laughs> it's true. Fine, I'm so starting strange. to feel it, guys. So yeah, this morning at 4:50, her alarm goes off, and she's laying down. So I'm looking, and it's like sometimes they'll lay down, and okay, well. You're not actually falling. You're just laying down. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, she would lay down flat and then she'd go sternal and then she'd roll and she'd stand and like kind of kick at her belly a bit and like all the signs she'd be pawing. Yeah. She wasn't eating as much. <clears throat> so I'm like, oh my goodness, it's going to be, this is it. And she did that for seriously four hours. 
till 8 30 and then then she's like oh just kidding it's morning gets up and starts her day (laughs) yeah she just starts like chowing down on her breakfast and like and nothing after that no she wanted to have it but it just wasn't time maybe tomorrow morning tonight yeah Yeah, tonight tonight. going down yeah so we'll wait for that update tomorrow yeah Yeah, we'll wait for the update that's exciting it's very it's like torture yeah speaking of torture we're still waiting on cj's baby too i know know. and when did she start bagging up like it was quite a bit before you brought her down Mm, maybe like she was like bagged up for a solid week. week oh and yeah. she's been there how long? Uh, since the 29th. So a, like two and a half two. weeks. Okay. Well, it'll be coming. Actually, no, I brought her on a Monday. So we'll be coming up on three weeks tomorrow. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Costing me money. I was going to say, how much is your board a day? I know. <laughs> it was supposed to be 600 bucks for the month. Oh, okay. But, but then I'm going to be there a little longer than a month. She's staying there after for breeding. Yeah, yeah. So she'll have the baby and then yeah. hopefully we can just rebreed on full heat, which should be like, you know, 10 days after mm-hmm. or whatever. Two weeks, maybe nice oh that's like the same mine that i sent down to get bread are just playing around so it's like maybe it's just racking up the board right (laughs) maybe it's just our northern horses they're just i think so it's a little colder up here yeah yeah but one one of these nights it's gonna happen for cj yeah yes yes i'm hoping this week you're gonna get a cute little picture Knock on wood. <laughs> yeah, I know. So excited. Oh my goodness. Okay, I have a funny story. What's your, so what's your story? When Rumor had her baby, my mom came that day because I was like, I don't, I need someone to do the dogs for me because I can't, like, We're I'm having busy. A baby. Yeah. And she comes and she's like, sorry if this is, um, embarrassing but i don't think it is <laughs> sorry cindy <laughs> or to cindy. throw you under the bus or whatever she says but she's like oh isn't it nice they just come out cute too bad human babies don't come out cute <laughs> <laughs> some of them look like little aliens there for well a bit. yeah because they're all like stretched out of shape and like Ugh, yeah like honestly they're purple they come out purple i'm sorry like and I don't know if this is going to offend anyone, but like when people post pictures of like their babies just coming out of the womb <laughs> and they're like full of stuff on them, I'm just like, I can't. Like, <laughs> just don't. Like, no one wants to see that. Oh, I'm sorry, dear. but like, it's like, wash it up, put it in the little onesie, and like, you're good. But and like, even, yeah, even wait it. a couple days because they're all just <laughs> all yeah. smush faced. Uh, yeah. yeah, and they're swollen and. Some babies are like, they're cute when they come My out. cousin's there's baby like a, was really cute. There's been a couple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I thought that was funny that my mom said yeah, that. Yeah, your mom <laughs> is so sweet. My mom will openly say, she's like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah, everyone said, oh, like Sandra, she's so beautiful. Like, she's so gorgeous. And she's like, yeah, at the time I thought you were. But like, now I look at photos and I'm like, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, probably at the time. Because it's like, you just worked so hard to get this baby out. So she's probably like, that's the cutest thing yeah. ever. Yeah, yeah. she's like, people were lying. Like, why would they say that? Like, you were not a cute baby. And speaking of waiting, we just ordered our, oh, well, that was like real aggressive. Um, we just ordered our kitchen and windows. So yeah. super excited for that. Sweet. Um, How long yeah. does that usually take? Seven weeks. Okay, that's minor. Yeah. Seven, that, seven weeks is minor. Uh, just, but when it's like, like sitting, two months. Yeah, but when it's sitting right there, you're like, I just want to be in it. Yeah, because we're not, no we're not going to move in without like having that in there yet. So yeah, yeah we're going to do that. But actually, Cole and his brother are making us custom cabinets. So like, his his brother is a carpenter, so he like 
did all those cabinet courses and we're going to make them so that they have like they're going to be white with like a dark like wood shutter on the inside so they're going to look pretty like That's western gonna be cool yeah yeah and then the that darkness is going to be the same stain as like the butcher block mm-hmm. and then the butcher block is going to be the same stain as like the we're going to have like uh timber be- beams. beams i love okay can we podcast at your house we can podcast at oh, my yeah. house speaking of photo <laughs> um, shoots we just wrapped one up yeah, yeah. we did yeah all day what were you gonna ask i was maybe? gonna say and you're ordering a new toilet too right <laughs> How about a bidet? Oh, a heated oh, yes. seat one. Those are so nice. Yes. Yeah, like my mom's. Oh my yeah, gosh. My dad has one too, and I'm just From like Costco. When, Is that like yeah. the OV or whatever it's called? I think it's probably that one. Yeah. Um. So we we had so much fun recording this episode with Brooke, but we had so much fun like announcing as well that we're doing our Patreon, <laughs> and it's awesome to see that we already have subscribers. Like. Thank you guys so much. Um, we got a message from a, a really nice message from a girl in North Dakota who loves our podcast and loves our intros and loves our ride tribe. So that was pretty cool. I'm just pulling like, up our Patreons here. And if you want to become a Patreon, you can head on over to our Instagram page. And right there is the link to the Patreon account. Um, and then you just have to sign up and it's $5 a month. You're going to get a bonus episode. You're going to get a percentage off of merch. You're going to get extra content we'll just make it super yes. cool and extra drills <laughs> we cool. and we do apologize like we haven't put a whole lot on there right now we're kind of just getting this rolling so like mm-hmm. a huge thank you to everyone who has jumped on board already yeah even though like our page is still a little bare and our first patreon episode is yet to be released yeah but that is coming soon and yeah we just wanted to say a huge shout out so don cummins carly i would imagine this is carly kurz nikki gongware molly oh. eaton ooh, ooh. tristan white and kyra harrison oh kyra <laughs> is like girls where is your episode like, <laughs> it's on it but. she won't let us be late for anything nope nope i love it <laughs> we need that sometimes we need yeah, that we so love thank that. you we appreciate yeah <laughs> we really appreciate that you guys are already subscribed and on there mm-hmm. and yeah and we really have cool. more coming and we were just saying too like we've all been really busy but we're feeling a little spark of motivation here with the spring springing and the babies being born. <laughs> and spring, spring. <laughs> I think we all have spring fever. And uh, like actually riding again. So that's nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, my horse, I do have Barbie down with Christine Drisner. And mm-hmm. we went and hauled the horses to Galloway's Arena um, last week and just kind of did a little little lesson, little tune-up, kind of learn a bit of Christine's program. But anyway, so I was there. I just kind of came into the arena and I started chit-chatting with this super nice lady who is Alyssa Hartfelder. And um, so she actually let me know and I just wanted to share with you guys that um, because of the podcast, like she didn't know Galloway's Arena existed, but we had Jessa on or just maybe, you know, reference that place numerous Mm -hmm. times. Um, So she said like the podcast let her find out about Galloway's. Now she goes there all the time. And same thing with like Sonda Marks, mm-hmm. um, you know, just found her really relatable on the show and reached out to her. And now she gets lessons with That's Sonda. So cool. That's so awesome. Yeah. So like if we super appreciate you guys coming up to us, letting us know yeah. how it has affected your life, because that kind of stuff keeps us really motivated to keep doing it mm-hmm. too. And kind of gives you the warm and fuzzies. So it was very <laughs> nice to meet you, Alyssa. Yeah. Aww, I, I want to meet her too. Mm-hmm. She's I'm sure so we will. Sweet. Yeah. 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 At some point when we she go had, down. Yeah. She had a few nice horses on the go there. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, we <laughs> loved having Brooke on the podcast. She was mm-hmm. so much fun. So relatable. And I really think that we need to get our butts down there to go hang out with her. I agree. 
And I'm uh, super excited to try uh, the saddle that Megan ordered from her, that seven saddle. She got mm-hmm. a completely custom make it. Uh, it looks really good or, or sounds really nice, like from what she described. And yeah, I can't wait to ride in it and see how it When is she getting it? I don't know when she's getting it. I think like it, sh- it, should it shouldn't be, be that long, long. Like maybe yeah. another okay. month. Yeah. Nice. Like it was being made a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, that one that you sent us a picture of is really the nice. Black the black one. one I with, know. Like, the, and then it had um like leather tooling on it too yes. like not black no it was just like just a tan like a, yeah yeah, yeah. I really think looks really nice i really think sharp. i need to try myself one of them safe trees for when i get barbie back. <laughs> a bear trap yeah. yeah oh boy yeah you're not coming out of them things no <laughs> no brooke is a two-time fca champion who placed in every round and won the average both years she did that She's a Wrangler and Grassroots Pro Tour Finals Qualifier, a Canadian Finals Rodeo Qualifier, a Futurity and Derby Finalist, and the Canadian Pro Rodeo Association Cowgirl of the Year. How are you, ladies? We're good, thanks. How are you? Very good. Thank you. That's good. So how did you like your northern stay up here? Oh, well, it was good. Um, we ended up, I brought Jason with me to help me. And the weather wasn't great Sunday when we were done. So I didn't want to leave. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to drive through that weather. And, you know, he's hardcore. So he's like, no, it'll be fine. And I said, no, I don't want to. Because both the horses I had there were Quinn's. So that's the guy that I trained for. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I just have his horses. Like, what if we get an accident? So we ended up staying another day, mm-hmm. another night, and it was so cold. <laughs> and uh, other than that, it was a really good weekend. Oh, cool. <laughs> but nice. we were in Manning for five days. Yeah. <laughs> Did you venture out of Manning or just stay Did there? You- Did you eat at the Penguin? No. We <laughs> didn't venture too far other than the subway. Oh, oh that's nice. good. Well, yeah. and. And then out to Janelle's house when we stayed the extra night, we went out to Janelle's. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Janelle's so sweet. Mm -hmm. Oh, she's the nicest person. Yeah. So funny, too. (laughs) Totally. Totally. That's awesome. I know when Megan said she was coming up to get a saddle fit by you, I was like, oh, like I do want to try them and I want to go. But just with how (laughs) I I work six days a week, so I couldn't even get off to like come and sneak over there. But. Maybe right. next yeah. time. There'll be another time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Janelle said that I'm committed now to at least once a year. And for her, I'll oh, do nice. that for sure. Perfect. <laughs> oh, perfect. Hey, next year when I'm not working like a crazy person, I'm going to come to your clinic. Yes. And when I'm not <laughs> about to pop. <laughs> yeah. Don't yes. walk around anything sharp because you actually might pop. <laughs> Probably. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yep. You have a lot of baby action happening around you with mm-hmm. all your mares and yourself. I know. It's torture, though. I'm like, <laughs> when are you guys going to have these babies? Every day we message Stevie and we're like, babies? anything yet? Anything yet? Yeah. Oh, yeah. How it's... many do you have? Oh, no worries. This is perfect. <laughs> There's five this year. Yeah, but... that's enough. Yeah. That's enough. Yeah. Especially for your first year, yeah, yeah, <laughs> for your first year and having your your first baby yourself. I know. I'm like still questioning what I was thinking when I 
decided to get a bunch of mares when I was due in May myself. But you're probably just watching a bunch of fraternities online. You're like, man, I should buy mares for all Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, Look at these bloodlines. And it's Mine like, oh, I won't all. be riding. I'll have lots of time. But like, oh my gosh, stuff's no. about to get crazy around here. Yeah, I'll yeah. work for you to get yeah. a full. You'll work for me? Oh, yeah? In exchange for a full. Oh, okay, which one? <laughs> I don't know, yeah. <laughs> That's a good idea. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you have any mares that you breed, Brooke? Well, we... Well, that's a long story. I had, I've had mares in the past. Then I sold them. Yeah. And then um, I had a mare twin here. Well, I have a mare twin here. And she had a Frenchman's guy full last year and lost it. Oh, um, he he lived for a month. He was fine. We actually really don't know what happened to him. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. And then she also had suffered a third degree um, vaginal rectal tear that oh, she had to have surgery for. Oh, that gave me chills. So, just thinking about that. Yeah, it was really stressful. And and now I'm here. Have to consider, you know, if I'm going to breed. Jewel, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think I'm going to breed Addie, just you know because they're sitting. Mm-hmm. But um, I'll probably leave Addie. But considering breeding Jewel, and it's stressing me out after last year's experience because I didn't even know that could happen to a mare, and yeah. we, we could have lost her. Yeah. And so, right, we're not breeding her this year, um, and she'll never carry a full again. She'll only like flush with flush embryos oh, yeah. when we'll do that. Yeah. And. Uh, but yeah, I have to make a decision here pretty soon, and I'm like, oh, do I do an embryo <laughs> transfer? Do I actually breed her? Yeah, yeah. So I'm a bit of a wuss when it comes to that stuff. Like my mom always told me that I wasn't cut out for the the breeding industry. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh, I'm a baby. Just a hard I'm dose of reality. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyhow. Well, do you want yeah. to start off with telling us a little bit about your horses mm-hmm. that you have right now? Okay. So I have Jewel. She's 19. That's the horse that I won the FCA on, made it to the CFR on. Cool. The horse that gave me my confidence back when I needed it. Aw. I have Addie, who's the perfect possibility out of a um, daughter of the mare that my mom went to the NFR on. Oh, cool. And I rodeoed on, yeah, nice. and I rodeoed on her, and I had big hopes for her. Well, and I guess the story's not over, but she got a diagnosis that was supposed to be career-ending, and then I gave her two years off, took her back to the vet, and that injury looked really good. Really? So I actually was, mm-hmm, I was going to rodeo on her last year, but we didn't have any rodeos. Mm-hmm. So the plan is, to get her in shape this year and, you know, get to some things with her. How old is she? She's 11 or 12. Okay. And she's had three or, well, three or four years old now, I guess. Mm -hmm. I'd have to double check that. Yeah. And then I have Grace, who will be my fraternity horse for this year. She's owned by Quinn Wilson. She's a daughter of Dash to Fame. Ooh. Out of, um... Firewater Field, who is the dam of JSYK, you're famous, of Keanu Schuster's. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. He was the horse that the year she had her record earnings at the NFR for that, you know, entire year, she ran him 
up until June. I think she had 90-some thousand ones, so she had the Yennefer made on him before she even got on Showmance. Wow, yeah. So Grace comes from out of a proven producer. Yeah. A lot of her siblings as well. And so she's my fraternity horse. She'll be my main focus this year. And I lost my fraternity horse last year. Last year was a bad year for horses for us. Oh, so I don't, I don't have anything of my own this year, which is fine. And then I have the bomber, who's also owned by Quinn Wilson. And she's the we. She had a baby last year, and now with after her having that surgery, um, we just she has to have like a kind of a final stitch up to finish it. Um, she healed really well. Like the shelf was the most important thing that needed to be repaired. Like that was the life saving part of it. Mm-hmm. So that part is good. We just have to do some uh, rectal and vaginal repairs. That's very minor. And then I, Quinn and I haven't talked about it, but I might ride her a little bit this year because he's not going to flush an embryo after this year anyway. Mm-hmm. So um, I think she'd like to work. She's only eight oh, this yeah. year. So I might run her a little bit. We'll see. But up to Quinn, he might want to take her out to the ranch and, and work cattle with her too. So yeah. That's awesome. We'll see what happens there. Mm-hmm. I just have a quick question. So going back to that tear that she had, what just in case like, you know, anyone is falling out and experiences something like that, um, can it is it really noticeable like just with the eye or do you like notice after a couple of days something's wrong or how do you know when they do tear? Knowing what I know now, we did see it right away, but we didn't realize what it was. We thought it okay. was just the exterior. Mm-hmm. Um what I would recommend is if, well, if you watch your mirror, so this is, I don't know if this is too much for the podcast, but she was poop, the poop was coming down into her vagina mm-hmm. and it was coming out there. And that's how I noticed it. Mm. Oh, so okay. I'm like, mm, that doesn't look right. Yeah. And we should have checked her immediately after she fold. Like I would just now, I mean, I would check all my mirrors immediately after folding. Mm-hmm. It was a day before I noticed it, mm-hmm. and it wasn't something they can repair right then anyway. They have to wait six weeks for the inflammation to go down. Oh, really? And okay. mm-hmm, before they can do anything, but my mom had how many mares over how many years and never experienced that. Yeah. When I called her, she said, you know, I've never had that happen. But then I put it out on Facebook on a forum because I was like, hey, what do I do? Mm-hmm with this situation has anyone experienced this and what was their their odds of recovery and is there anyone that hasn't had the surgery and their marriage being okay and um it was surprising to find out how many people have had it happen one gal deb shields who is from alberta she had just had it happen so she helped me get into the right places and you know shared her experiences with me and kind of guided me along the way Mm-hmm. and we got it handled, and I'm sure glad we did because I don't think they can really live. Well, I've heard of Mary's sign, and I don't think they can live a good life mm-hmm. if you don't get it fixed um, because they'll just always have infection, right? Yeah. So, so, yeah, my recommendation is to just check your mirrors immediately after school to make yeah. sure that's all okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. was that caused, like, by a certain, like, positioning of the foal or just happened? It's... It's typically if a hoof catches, okay, and that 
what they figured is just the the hook caught, caught up higher or something. on the way out mm-hmm. yeah. and this mare was torn like all the way in like i can't remember how many inches in but it was as oh, bad wow. as it could be yeah really mm-hmm. Oof. brutal yes girl oh yeah and i wanted to ask um so what kind of bloodlines do you typically like to ride well i grew up riding gasohol <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so and i mean now to find anything with that back on the papers you know it's so far back now but i'm i don't think i'm tough enough I wouldn't be able to train a gasohol hall now, but I sure love that bloodline. We had a mm-hmm. lot of success with it, obviously, and <laughs> yeah. obviously perfect, yeah. perfect possibility. And I love the cross between perfect and raisin. Mm-hmm. And uh, the gelding I lost last year that was going to be my security horse for this year, he was a raisin out of a uh, perfect daughter that was by gasohol. hall. Oh, okay. Cool. And he was, he was really nice and, um, now I ride for Quinn. Most of the horses I ride are for Quinn, mm-hmm. and he he's partial to Frenchman's Guy, and uh, the Bomber was by prime or is by prime talent, and out of a daughter of Streets of Fling, oh, cool. and I love her. She was so uh, easy to train. I mean, she had things about her that weren't easy, but once we got past those things, like she went through a growth spurt and was kind of clumsy, and she wasn't super light on her feet but once we got past those things uh really really easy to train and grace is my second batch of fame that i've trained and um they're a little more spicy and uh but i really enjoy them like they're so talented super mm-hmm. talented i don't mind a spice in the horse yeah <laughs> so so i like those bloodlines and i have uh, another prime talent coming out of a Daph to Fame mare, as well as a, a filly out of Valiant Hero. Oh, cool. Or by Valiant Hero out of a Mr. Jess Perry daughter. So I'm excited to try that one because mm-hmm. we see a lot of the Valiant Heroes doing really well, and I heard she's really, really nice-minded. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I'm open to, to you know, I like a lot of bloodlines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do you pick? Yeah, and I like speed. I, I like I like some run. And uh, Grace is also firewater flip too, so she's been um really fun to train. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, like growing up, you said your mom is D Butterfield, so we can only assume that you kind of grew up with the horses and barrel racing and whatnot. But um, was barrel racing like always your main event? And um, if so, like when did you decide you you knew you wanted to do it for life and turn professional with it? Well, I entered my first rodeo. I don't remember this, but according to my mom's stats, I entered my first rodeo when I was two and a half years old on my Aww. pony dainty. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I went by myself. I wasn't led. I went actually went by myself and apparently no was a little whip happy. <laughs> classic there was a couple a couple times in my life i had the whip taken away from me <laughs> and uh i haven't always grown race though i uh, i was a little bit of a renegade growing up i guess and i wanted to venture out and try different things so i mean i high school rodeoed i tried pretty much all of the events 
I was not a good roper, but I would say I wasn't a good roper because I didn't put the effort into it. Um, pretty good pole bender. I had, well, if you have a good barrel horse, you probably have a good pole horse. Mm-hmm. And I tried cutting, but I just had to cut on this horse that he was a reject cutter. So that got it a little interesting and wild at times because <laughs> he was more of a, he would have rather been a barrel horse and did become a barrel horse. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we, we ran a lot of cattle around the arena at times, so I wasn't really great at that. But um, barrel racing has definitely always been my main event, and I always came back to it. Even when I ventured out and did other things, I always came back to it. And I didn't turn professional until, well, 2014 is when I filled my card. Okay. And that's when I had dual. And it was the right time. I'd gone amateur for a couple of years. And I, that was just the right time in my life. And I had the right horse. Mm-hmm. And that's when I decided to go. And I, you know, had the financial means to do so. I'm, when I was a teenager, or even my early 20s, I had big ambitions. But it, I wasn't financially set up to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You think you're going to do it, but then the reality kicks in. Well, it's really hard <laughs> to get down the road when you don't have a rig or any money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So your mom has taught lessons in clinics since she was, I think she said she was 18 or so. Um, did you learn a lot mostly from her or did you take clinics and lessons from other barrel racers as well? Well, I obviously learned the most from my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't always the best student, so she did <laughs> definitely outsource when it came to me. And I spent a lot of time riding with Les Kinnon. Okay. Um, he's cutting horse, working cow horse trainer. He's won everything you can win, I think. I spent a lot of time at his place as a teenager and later on. Um, but, yeah, obviously a lot from my mom. But my mom was always learning from other people. Mm-hmm. She was always taking clinics. She would bring people in for clinics, you know, mostly horsemanship stuff. We went to working cow horse clinics. Um, I remember going to Les's working cow horse clinic, I think, when I was 12 years old on Sunita's Chula Joe. Oh, cool. And mm-hmm, then my mom took dressage lessons. She grew up writing English, and she's always been a student. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she was always learning from other people. And I do remember one time, oh, I was, it was a time I was running, I was riding Chula Joe, and I was, I wasn't really good at listening to my mother. She was like, <laughs> I'm just going to send you to Marlene Edelman. And I thought, whoa, okay, I'm down for that. But that wasn't the reality. And she was kind of mad at me. But we <laughs> were at Kelowna for rodeo. And Marlene was there. And she said, would you mind giving my daughter a lesson? So I did get a lesson from Marlene. And then I was obsessed with her after that. And I had all her videos and watched all her videos over and over. And yeah. I don't know if then I became more difficult for my mother, but I did eventually <laughs> learn to listen to her. Yeah. <laughs> and I, it always works that way. Hey? I think so. <laughs> After yeah. those teenage years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. And uh, now she's my go-to for everything. I think I probably drive her crazy because <laughs> I mean, now everything, Hey mom, how about this? And what for this? You know, yeah. <laughs> but it, but it's good. Oh, yeah. I bet she likes it. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. She's always She's so helpful, helpful when we ask her questions. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And my mom has an eye. Mm-hmm. You can spot a mistake. 
and know exactly why it's happening and have a you know a solution for it immediately yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's pretty cool. she has it she has an eye so mm-hmm. that's why she's such a great teacher yeah yeah so what are some key points from when you first started until now that really shaped your training style today well i think you know the most important thing is a foundation and my mom always talked about you know how the foundation you got to have a foundation on your horse well when I was a younger girl like when I told you how when I didn't listen very well (laughs) that stuff was so much work (laughs) doing all the foundation work Mm -hmm. and um but once I figured out you know why you needed it and the importance of it I I mean I won't do anything without with a horse without putting a good foundation on them first so my mom taught me that Mm -hmm. and that's the most I work on my foundation work every single day the other thing is that growing up my mom made sure you know when I was committed that I was always on the right horse so I rode horses that taught me feel and timing and taught me how to win and I knew what that feel was supposed to feel like like the the feel of a good foundation and yeah you know where you're supposed to be in your turns and and what it feels like to make a winning run so um that's those are things that have never left me and uh, have helped shape my training style today. Um, I, just have, I have a question going back to um, what it feels like to make a winning run. So in your mind, what does that feel like? And say you have a little bit of a wide first barrel. How do you like game plan to like make up that time that you lost? Well, if you make a mistake, don't quit mm-hmm. because you never know, right? Mm-hmm. So, if, you know, you go a little bit by your first barrel. I just fo- refocus on six of my game plan, and my game plan is always really simple. I just, my goal is always to ride to my pocket, and then the rest is timing. Mm-hmm. I don't overthink anything. Um, and what it feels like, oh, how do you describe that? I don't know really how to put into words what a winning run feels like, mm-hmm. other than it just, when you know your horse, you know when you're making a good run. And uh, I know on Jewel, every time I left the third barrel, I knew if we were going to be winning it or placing or not placing. And I knew with Addy, if I got thrown around a bit, maybe it's the main, we're definitely going to get a check. <laughs> so every horse is different. Yeah. <laughs> if, it, if it felt too easy on Addy, we probably weren't going to clock as good as I'm hoping. But if it was a bit of a wreck, we were probably going to clock pretty good. <laughs> um <laughs> I love that. So, yeah, yeah, that's to, awesome. To say what it feels like to make that, it, it's just hard to, to describe until you do it. Mm-hmm. Maybe like it. a twist on that question could be like how it feels to um, like ride a horse or make a run on a horse that you can really tell has that foundation as opposed to maybe something that's not as solid. Mm-hmm. Your confidence level, like knowing you have that kind of horse underneath you, you feel like you can do That's anything. True. And yeah. uh, when you're on a horse that's not as broke or finished, you know, your confidence is always a little uneasy. Mm-hmm. So that's the biggest difference. Make a big difference. Yeah. yeah. And how confidence ride. is everything. I it try is. to, when I get on my greener, yeah, when I get on my greener horses, I try to pretend that I'm on my solid horses and give yeah. them that trust and that confidence. And it usually works out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I find my horses get more confident if 
I pretend I'm on a horse on the horse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to close my eyes and pretend I'm on my brokers. Yeah. 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 No, exactly. they can feel that energy. I think they so. Do. They know when you're feeling confident. Mm-hmm. Even when I get they on. They absolutely do. When I get on my three-year-old and I'm like a little nervous because like she's had a year off. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, we're just going to walk around. <laughs> and then my boyfriend gets on her and he's just like, let's go. And she's like, all right. <laughs> like It's just a huge difference in like how they want to move mm-hmm. and like yeah. how they feel mm-hmm. with like two different. Like, yeah. It'll be like he'll hop on and then she'll be like yeah let's ride like the wind yeah. and then for me she's like yeah. let's just look at should the- we go over yeah. there <laughs> i'm not sure <laughs> well that's <laughs> even like one year i had uh someone wanted to come and ride hor- my horses they'd never ridden before mm-hmm. and so i had joe and kavachi and i was like okay you can try like i think i put her on kavachi first thinking he'd be good and she was just so nervous and scared and like the horse would not move yeah. He's just like, you have no idea what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And she would kick and whatever. And he's like, I'm not moving. Yeah. <laughs> and same with Joe. And I would have thought like she would have just been gone. But yeah. she's just like, no, I'm not moving because you have no idea what you're doing. Well, yeah. even when I rode Kabachi, or I don't even know how you say that horse's name. Kabachi. Kabachi. No, Kabachi. Oh, I thought it was Gabachi. Kabachi. No. Why would you pick such a complicated name? Anyways, we, when we had the snow cat and like went and rode, like he loped out for me so yeah. nice. And that was yeah, actually if, a fun if name. Yeah, if you're confident and then they're so good, but they know when you're not. Yeah, yeah. they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we see you also put on your own clinics. When did you start doing this and what got you started in teaching in the first place? Well, I obviously went to a lot of my mom's clinics and I helped her at her clinic quite a oh, bit yeah. when I was around. And I it wasn't my intention to start doing clinics. And at the time, mom was, you know, getting a lot of bookings and she was really busy and she was wanting to cut back. And there wasn't a lot of people, other people training clinics. Like now there's lots of people, like amazing trainers teaching clinics. So there's a lot of options. Mm -hmm. And just, it it seemed like that particular year, there wasn't a lot happening. And my mom said, you know, do you want to go teach a clinic? They want to have one up in Marwain. And I said, oh, I guess so. (laughs) And I've been to enough of my mom's. I figured I could handle it. And I just kind of copied her, you know. Uh, schedule and mm-hmm. everything we did I knew it off by heart Yeah, and there's actually a funny story with that it could fall into one of those most embarrassing moments <laughs> yes but, those are fun <laughs> mm-hmm. at the time I only had Jewel I had previously sold everything I had and I was just going to rodeo on Jewel so Jewel's not super broke she's one of those horses there are horses out there that don't want to be broke and she's one of them <laughs> So she doesn't do a lot of the stuff that we teach in the clinics. I mean, I can muscle her through some of it, but yeah. I didn't, so long story short, I didn't have anything to really teach on. So I asked my mom if I could borrow Lola, who at the time I think was four, and she was really broke. Like, she was the most broke horse that mom had at the time, and mom said, yep, yeah, just go grab her, and you can take her and use her. I said, perfect. So I pick her up get up to the clinic a day early to get settled in and I'm laying in my trailer reading a book and my mom texts me and she says do you know sex and I said pardon and she goes like the sex of a horse and I said well yes and she goes you better go outside and look in that pen and see what you loaded up, and <laughs> loaded up. I, kept, 
I can't remember if he was two or three, but barely broke 30 day. <laughs> Not a mare. Not a And <laughs> all I had with me, I did bring Jewel. Thank goodness. I had Jewel, her buddy pony. Like yeah. I had this pony that I rescued that I hauled with her. I had him. And this unbroke gelding. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so I had to teach the clinic on Jewel, which was okay. But she did perform. She liked to carry on and buck and kick a little bit. So there was a bit of that. <laughs> oh dear. But Everyone got all, a show. Yeah. Yeah. They did. Everybody got to know it. Jewel quite well before she had even won anything. And, uh, the clinic turned out well. You know, you're able, you can do a lot of teaching without having to demonstrate everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I did spend a lot of time on foot. Oh, nice. But it was really good. And then after that, I only, you know, I didn't teach a lot of clinics. Um, you know, it, I was doing other things. I was rodeoing. And mom was doing as many as she wanted. And other people were teaching. So there was a lot of, you know, availability mm-hmm. for people you know, people to go to clinics if they wanted to. And then, but I would do one day clinics or just do a fun clinic with my friends. And then I did a kid clinic here, um, year, I think 2015. And then Janelle messaged me last year to come up. So I did that. And then I went back again this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not something, I, you know, I don't think I'll do, I enjoy doing it. I love helping people. It's my passion. Mm-hmm. And um, if somebody asks me, I'll do one. But cool. Do you like yeah, to do? Not, are they um, like two day clinics or? I honestly don't think I'll do a two day clinic again. No. This is where I struggle with clinics. I have to do a three day. Okay. Um, I have a hard time with. I feel like I'm not giving them enough information. Like we're not getting far enough. There's so much that I, I want to teach. Yeah, mm-hmm. and my mom always has to remind me progress, not perfection. Mm-hmm. So I I do prefer to do a three day, and even this last one we did that was a three day. I still felt like I didn't give them enough information. Yeah. <laughs> I love the so, three day. So, yeah, me stuff. too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You just it's you did a little more time. People have more time to process. They can go home at night and think about everything you did that day, and yeah. by Sunday. The results are incredible, and yeah. that is that is the most gratifying. Is seeing people, you know, improve that much and feel like they're taking away something. Yeah. yeah. So That's the most important. When you are doing clinics, um, do you find that you're more so changing the rider or more so helping the horse understand what they're doing, or is it a mix of both? Well, well, if you're helping the rider, you're helping the horse. Mm-hmm. If you're you know, changing, not changing the rider, but helping them to understand things better. A huge thing is people's hands um, and timing and release, like releasing when it's the right time and to give that reward to the horse. So if you're helping the person, you're helping the horse, but you have to help the person first. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So that's the biggest thing is, getting the rider to understand why they're doing it and then rewarding at the right time to get the desired result from the horse. And then the horse is understanding. Mm-hmm. 
So are there certain exercises that um, like you like to do with all your cults to prepare them for the pattern or that we might um, like find you teaching people in your clinics? Um, just some of your like mainstay exercises, I guess. Well, of course, as I mentioned, always the foundation. So I always do certain exercises every day to make sure, you know, they're soft as soon as I get on them. Mm-hmm. I want flexion, collection. I need to be moving all body parts. I do a lot of haunches in before I even ask for a lead departure. I'm going to move their haunches in. Mm-hmm. I like, And I don't pound these things into them every day. They're just, I do a little refresher every day when I get on. Um moving on a direct rein and indirect rein. And then for as far as exercises, before I even start them on the pattern, I'll do off-pattern work. So I'll set the barrels up completely off-pattern, any way you want to do it. Like there's how many different ways you can set up barrels, four, six, two, oh, yeah. three, one. Yeah. <laughs> and I get them confident doing that first and using themselves properly. Um, because, you know, once we get them on the pattern, they realize that's kind of a pressured place. Mm-hmm. So I like to build their confidence before I go to it. I'll do stuff without barrels. I love the four corner exercise where you just, you know, move out to a corner, do a circle in that corner, move out to another corner. Okay. Yeah. Um, you can I do speed transitions with that. And I actually do that before I go with the barrels off pattern. They have to be able to lope like perfect circles, go from a big circle into a small circle. I see people taking horses that, you know, aren't loping great big circles and then try to turn them really tight on the pattern Mm -hmm. and they're not making nice fluid turns and they can't figure out why. And it's, you know, they need to gain that confidence first. Mm -hmm. They have to be able to do perfect big circles, medium circles, small circles, off pattern before you put the pressure of that barrel in front of them. Yeah. Yeah. So I do all of that stuff first. Do you have any specific exercises you like to do a lot with your finished barrel horses to keep them sharp on the pattern? It depends on the horse and the stage they're at. Jewel, I have never schooled or overly worked. I just, you know, I kept her in shape and happy. We did sprints out in the field, long trotting, you know, occasionally lope circles she doesn't she run circles so i just <laughs> kind of do other stuff that yeah. made her happy um she was a little unconventional like i mentioned she wasn't super broke but she loved her job and she mm-hmm. ran the same pattern every single time so there was no need to work her if anything i did slow work and i worked her long because she was she's a rady horse she wants to turn Mm-hmm. And so I just do slow work really long, make sure she's soft in the rib cage. She wasn't a bendy horse. She's a straighter running horse. Um, I So I really never, she was always sharp. If she yeah. was healthy and happy, she was sharp, which she was most 99% of the time. Um, mm-hmm. It just depends on the horse. Like say a horse like the Bomber that wasn't totally finished, but she didn't need runs. Her thing. Sometimes she'd float off the backside of a barrel, so I'd do some rollbacks with her. Um, just do some exercises to get her shoulder following through on the backside of the turn, like come off the turn, make it take her off on an indirect rein, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it totally just depends on the horse. But if you've got a really solid running rodeo horse, they don't typically need very much. Mm-hmm. Um, just a lot, of, some slow work once in a blue moon to try to keep them quiet 
you know, know that they can go the, around the pattern slow. I've taken finished rodeo horses to a jackpot and walked and trotted them. Yeah, just yeah. so that, like, if they were getting hot, I'll enter the jackpot and trot through. Mm-hmm. And just to keep their minds happy. And, and then other outside riding. Yeah. It's good to do different things with them for sure. Mm-hmm. So going back to kind of having like a solid foundation on a horse. Um, so say you are or you are going to purchase or you're purchasing a horse for helping like a client purchase a horse. Um, what kind of background do you really like to see? Like you said that you've ridden some reject cutters. Do you like something with a reining background, something that's been roped off of? Like what's something that in your mind that you're like, okay, this horse is like nice and broke and I can just go and pattern it? Well, so the raining thing is tricky. I don't want them to have too much of a raining. Like I wouldn't take a rainer that had had a lot of raining work. They want to carry their head really low. And then you're always like bumping their head back up, bumping them up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like that same foundation. I like a horse. The bottom line is it doesn't matter how they were started. It, they have to have flexion, collection. You need to be able to move all their body parts. Um, if they were cattle, so for example, I mentioned that I'm going to be getting this Valiant Hero mare. She's going to be coming right off the track. I actually just asked when I said, you know what, could you send her out? We'll give her a break and then send her out and expose her to cattle. When you come live at our place, you're exposed to bears, deer, elk, moose, everything. So if they see cattle, it helps. Yeah, <laughs> no <laughs> kidding. That's <laughs> interesting. You see the one animal. <laughs> yeah. They seem to be yeah, really scared of moose. Hey. Oh, moose and elk are terrifying. Elk too, yeah. To them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What They're is that fine. bigger four-legged thing? Yeah. <laughs> Larger than me. Yeah. Where, whereabouts are you? Fort Assiniboine. Okay. So I'm north of Barhead. Yeah, we're very secluded here, but it's very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's nice. So, yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, it's no, nice to ahead. be secluded these days with all the craziness <laughs> going on. In the more it populated is, areas. <laughs> yeah. If the world ended, we would be fine in Portisinavon, I'm sure of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most important thing is that they have some foundation. And, you know, if it's not perfect, you can build on it. I mean, it, it, every horse has been to a colt starter, obviously. And most colt starters these days, they, these days put a, a nice start on them. Um, and they know the basics. And you can build on that. Uh, I don't, I would never help a client find a horse. I would never take a client to a horse that had a major problem. Usually if there's a problem, there's a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, those horses take your confidence away. Mm-hmm. Especially if, you know, let's say you, you don't personally know how to put a great foundation on your horse. You, you're not going to take a horse like that. So, yeah. Uh, something with a good foundation doesn't have any problems. I'm not into rejects. I've tried the rejecting, like reject barrel horses. Yeah. Uh, I find, and I, I watch this happen to other people, they take them and they start to lose confidence. And then you start to see their other horses working just like the reject. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, mom time, that kind of, you can be riding a horse that, wants to work mm-hmm. yeah and there's some horses that just don't want to be barrel horses and it's not a matter of they didn't have the right foundation 
have had nice horses that had great foundations. They just didn't want to be a barrel horse. Yeah. It wasn't going to be their thing. And there's jobs for those horses. Look at Lola, my brother's bulldogging horse. There was no reason that horse shouldn't have had a very successful career as a barrel horse, but she just wasn't locking on. And I mean, she, you could have jackpotted her. She'd have been a 3D, 2D horse or whatever, but she wasn't running a pattern that could run the, run in the 1D. Yeah. But made her a bulldog and horse, and she's a heck of a bulldog and horse. Yeah. So, yeah, there's somewhere for, for those ones. So, yeah, I love that. I love <laughs> how, like, because we did, like, uh, how many episodes with your mom and, like, how similar, like, your answers are with hers. It's just really cool mm-hmm. to, like, hear that, you, right. like, you can definitely tell you're her daughter. Like, I had a very good role model. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I only, my only regret is that I wish I'd started listening to her sooner. <laughs> Isn't that how we all are? Yeah, I think so. Like, I wish I could bake like exactly. my mom. But then I'd be like 400 pounds heavier. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> you didn't spend enough time with her in the kitchen. You were off gallivanting. I was off picking <laughs> bottles in the ditch to go barrel racing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not even kidding. <laughs> Oh my. <laughs> While she owned a candy store and like had like all like the best treats in the whole world. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. So how do you make sure that you're staying on top of your game both when you're feeling things are going great and when things aren't going as well? Well, when things are going great, it's easy to stay on top of your game. Mm-hmm. Uh, winning is easy. When it's not going so great, I mean... And while it's going great, you're, you're just maintaining everything you're doing, whether it's taking care of your mental health, your finances, um, your personal health, everything, your horse's health, all those things are, you know, you just stay consistent with that. When things aren't going right, my mom always taught me if you're not winning, don't go. Um, there's a reason you're not winning. So go home and figure that out. Okay. And with, you know, whatever it is, if, um, is, your, is it something you can even control? Is your horse hurting? Are you hurting? Um, whatever it is, sometimes you just need to go home and reevaluate things. And then and then you just have to gear yourself back up to go. When you're ready, you might have to hit a couple jackpots. Whatever it is, find your inspiration to go again. Remember why you're doing it. Um, but yeah, all that stuff's really easy when things are going well, that's for sure. Yeah, but my thing was always just to go home and figure it out. Yeah, and you know, at one the point where Addie quit winning because she had, she clocked everywhere she went, and then suddenly she quit clocking. Um, and I couldn't really find anything wrong with her, and but I just went home because I knew something wasn't right. And then it was a few months later we had found out she had fractured her sesamoid. Oh, geez. and we actually they figured she had been running like that for almost a year for sure because it was old and there was some arthritis developing. So she was giving me all of that with, with that kind of injury. But then she finally said, okay, you know, and it wasn't like she dropped off drastically. We were just finishing outside the the top 10, top 12. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. but it was enough that I knew something wasn't right. Mm Mm-hmm. It just took me some time to find it, but I went home and waited till we found it and got my answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
That's wild. It's crazy how much heart horses have yeah. mm-hmm. to be competing and still running with that kind of injury. Wow. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we definitely need to chat about rodeo with you. Um, what are some of your career highlights that meant the most to you over the years on the rodeo trail? And we would love to hear about your experiences competing at the CFR. Uh, there's, that's, <laughs> Is that overwhelming <laughs> question? Tell us everything. <laughs> Tell us what you ate to get there. Tell us what yeah. you dreamt oh. about to get there. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, we need a couple hours. To, <laughs> <laughs> um, to be completely honest, some of the highlights are the friendship. Like, yeah. I grew up in rodeo, and I've developed great friendships with people um, I've, for years. Um, but then when I went, started going pro, um, developed new ones, and... Yeah, like the, that was the best part. Um, I miss so many. There's well, Julie Leggett and Katie Garthwaite. We used to hang out all the time at the rodeos. Like I didn't hang out with a bunch of people, but you get those people that are lighted and you yeah. just have fun with and good conversations, and they keep you motivated. Um, like I remember, oh, I could get choked up, but you guys Aww. don't know Katie Garthwaite. She's a uh, super great name. lady. Heard the name, but don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we, I would, we had start answering the same just so we could all hang out. Like I traveled alone, but Julie and Katie traveled together and we'd try to get set up the same. And I remember coming out of the arena at Pincher Creek and it was only like Addie's third rodeo. And Katie's like two runs after me and she comes running over on Frenchie and just like high fives me. And, you know, yeah, buddy, you know, that kind of camaraderie. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and not rodeoing, I kind of miss that. And yeah, um, but if you want to talk about the competition part of it, um, some highlights. Jewel gave me many um, great memories, and I mean, she—I mean, she might not be done. She's totally healthy. I have to—that's another story. I have to figure out what I'm going to do with her. Yeah. <laughs> um, she she made me the short go at every single tour rodeo except Pinoca. Oh my gosh! Oh, so, wow. Um, <laughs> Mm-hmm. and the the short goes are so exciting mm-hmm. like I, I love that kind of thing um Energy. she didn't get me to pinoca pinoca wasn't really her type of arena but then Addie got me to the short go at pinoca and that was major i think that's maybe the most nervous i've seen my mom really <laughs> and yes and she my mom doesn't she know her like she never puts pressure on me never has my whole life um and she doesn't raise her voice, but it was in the long go. And I have a routine, and part of it is not showing up to the arena until the barrel racing started. Like, I stay away. Mm-hmm. I do a very small warm-up, short warm-up. So, Pinocchio, you have to come all the way from the parking. Which is so far. So far yeah. to the track and then into the infield. Well, everybody's in the infield, and I have... I only have like one little nervous thing and it's that I always got to check my cinch. I check my cinch quite a few times and that's because I've had my latigo snap and I took a tumble. Oh but so it's a, it's one of my OCD things. Well, at Pinoca, I said, mom, can you meet me when I come up and just come check my cinch? Then I don't have to get off because I said, I'm going to come up last minute. Well, Jason said, my mom's like, where's Brooke? Where's Brooke? 
and he's just shrugging like, oh, you're rolling here last minute. And I come up the track and I see my mom hoofing it across the infield and she's wide-eyed and looks mad. Oh, no. Like, what are you doing? Where have you been? I'm like, well, I'm here. And she's like, oh. And she was kind of flustered and checking my shift and checking my elastic for me. And then she storms off and I was like, oh, mom's a little bit nervous, I think. And uh, so that was kind of funny. Yeah. But. So that was a great memory because I made it to the short go on Addie, who my mom trained, raised and trained. And, you know, Mm -hmm. so that was pretty special. What, uh, what were her nerves like after that? So that was the long go. What about going into the short go? Did she check (laughs) your cinch again? (laughs) I can't remember if she did for the short go. I don't think she did because she was still mad at me from the long go. So I had to do it on my own with that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my! I love that. That's awesome. And then I had Jason there, of course, to help me, and he picks up at Pinocchio every year. And so Addie was always good about going in the arena, but sometimes I like to have Jason there when I can for mm-hmm. for me. He calms me. So yeah, yeah. Um, those are career highlights. And as far as CFR, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. There is nothing like that. And I, I don't know why. I don't know if it's because I had sat in the stands at so many CFRs and I kind of mentally already been there many times in my head. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. I I wasn't nervous. It's the least nervous I've ever been. I was calm. Jewel was calm. I loved every moment of it. I don't have, well, I was going to say I don't have any regrets. Um, only regret is that I didn't pay attention to where I was at with everything um i was just going go around for go around which i wouldn't change that part i absolutely would not change that part but Mm -hmm. on the last day i was going for the average and i'd forgotten all about calgary qualifications and i mean i i guess i shouldn't say regret it because i don't think i would have wanted to sit down and done all that math i think it would have been super hard to figure out anyway (laughs) and a complete waste of time yeah, but I I just missed making Calgary because I was played it safe on on the last day, like trying not to knock. So I shot her a little bit further past her turn, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, so my time was a little bit slower, and just that amount of time, um, you know, cost me another spot in the average, and then Calgary. But at the same time, I. I believe in everything happens the way it's supposed to. One hundred percent. The people mm-hmm. that qualified were meant to go there. Yeah. I ended up where I was supposed to be. It was still an incredible experience. Um, there's nothing like it running down that alley, and yeah, it was awesome, mm-hmm. awesome, exhausting, but it was <laughs> yeah, be tiring for sure. <laughs> it's I was. Worth, I couldn't. Have, I couldn't imagine making the NFR. Mm-hmm. Like, that 10 days. And in Vegas. Of all places. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Might find so. stuff at the strippers the night before. Just kidding. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Uh, I was gonna say um yeah like what is the energy running down the alleyway when it was at Rexall um going and doing that cloverleaf pattern everything was calm and quiet which is crazy Hmm. you watch the videos back and it's like oh it was so loud that's awesome yeah I didn't hear anything no Hmm. and I was 
completely present in every single run with Jewel. Um, it was a calm. That's the That's cool. best way I can describe it. And uh, focus. I wish Laser I could focus. emulate that in every single situation in my life because that's the only time I've felt that calm and confident. It's, cool. it's wild how the brain works. Hey, like you can be so focused that you could have a whole stadium of people cheering for you and you don't even hear don't. it. Yeah. 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 Don't even notice. The nope, I don't remember whatever. hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Anything. Like at a freaking local jackpot, I like look back at my videos and I'm like, what? They played ACDC during my run? Like, I didn't hear that. Not <laughs> I that. know. Like, jackpot. I was like hand, hand loping through there. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like when people say, oh, do you want me to yell for you? I'm like, yeah, but if I'm really not like going to hear it. <laughs> I always hear Megan. Always yeah, hear oh. Megan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I usually don't hear anything. So are you focusing more on futurities now then? Or do you think you'll go back to trying to rodeo more? If I had the right horse, I'd go back. Okay. I mean, I don't know what Addie's future is going to be. Yeah. We're not going to know how she's going to clock until I bring her back. Yeah. yeah, and I'm going to give her a shot. I'm not going to bring her. You know, she's had enough rest now. She's fine, mm-hmm. and um, and then I'll get her in really good shape before I run her anywhere. Mm-hmm. And then we'll see. You know, she's really twelve isn't that old. Yeah, yeah, um, no kidding. They won the Canadian on nineteen-year-old horses, so mm-hmm. yeah. You know, if she was healthy enough to go, if Grace wants to go if Quinn wants her to go that direction if she's competitive then we will and yeah if I had the right horse I'd definitely do it again mm-hmm. it's uh no matter what I think will give Grace that experience that rodeo experience yeah we'll get her to some and, and go from there and whatever happens I don't have any prospects coming up like I mentioned I lost my one I am planning on getting Another one. I think I'd like to get a three-year-old. And then I have to make some decisions this year about breeding. So, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. But right now, for, like this year is all about Grace and the Saturdays and some barrel races. There's lots of big open barrel races too. Yeah. So I'll probably take Addie. That will be, kind of be my test run for Addie. We'll take her to some of that stuff. Mind you, she's Totally prefers rodeos. Once she figured that out, jackpots were boring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The energy is just a little, I know, little different. Yeah, I love, yeah. Joe loves rodeos too. She just gets jacked mm-hmm. up. Yeah. So like switching from fraturity horses to rodeo horses or knowing if you have a rodeo horse there, like, you know, we go watch fraturities and we see some, some of these young horses run solid, like mid to low 17s. Like, does that... Is that all that goes into it or what else goes into it other than be able, being able to, you know, run fast times at a maturity that, uh, you know, tells you this one could be a rodeo horse? There's a few factors, I think. Um, I can tell a lot about a horse and their style if they're going to handle Canadian rodeo ground. I was yeah. going to say the ground is you probably know. a huge thing how they mm-hmm. can handle themselves on that. If a horse is a little bit front-endy or really has to bury themselves in the ground, they're going to struggle at a pro rodeo. Okay. Um, with the harder ground and and that, some learn how to how to do it though. Some mm-hmm. start mm-hmm. once they get off that perfect ground they're running on all the time, and you start to expose them to it, they'll get used to it. But a front-endy horse is going to struggle on bad ground. Yeah. There's no way around that. Um, 
some of it is the rider. Can, is the rider handling the pressures from coming to a perfect setup at a maturity where we get time only and we have good ground and we stay the whole weekend? Um, are you handling the traveling, the pressures, learning how to learning how to ride your horse on different ground is a huge thing too. Yeah. Don't know yeah, if a lot of people true. realize that. It took me a while to figure it out. Um, you tend to ride your horse differently on different types of ground. You know, if it's harder, you're going to ride them a little bit different, stand them up more, send them in a little tighter so they're reaching up with that inside hind leg a little better and staying more elevated. So learning how to read ground. Um, so some of it's on the person and their confidence. and Yeah. And then some horses just don't handle the pressure of a rodeo situation. I find the majority that go from a fraternity set up to rodeo, I mean, the fraternities are still pressure. Yeah, big events. Yeah, and then there's just those special horses that excel at rodeos. Yeah. Um, And they, they thrive off the energy. They can handle all the different types of ground. Yeah. But some of it is the rider as well. Yeah, and I can see that. confidence and ability, for sure. Is there anything that you can do either at home or with drills to help horses that don't handle pressure very well to be more comfortable with it? I think the biggest thing is you just have to keep putting them in those pressured situations. Mm-hmm. Um, I think okay. you can tell a lot about a horse in the early stages when you're starting them especially if you talk to your colt starter, I always ask them how they handling the pressure. Yeah. <laughs> because that kind of stays with them their whole life. And, uh, and being able to hand, handle pressure is a lot of confidence. So you just have to keep putting them in those situations. I don't think there's anything you can do at home that's going to change, you know, the rodeo atmosphere for them other than just going and doing it yeah Mm -hmm. just putting those miles keep exposing them to it i wouldn't a horse that's a little more nervous you know i definitely would start by entering slack and uh don't throw them to the wolves i've done that but they have yeah yeah (laughs) got thrown to the wolves we skipped slack and went right to the purse we yeah. skipped jackpots and went right to the first, but um, oh, oh my, <laughs> yeehaw, yeah, yeah. <laughs> give her, yeah, that, that's that, like and the... that was not really planned, yeah, <laughs> but she handled it and she loved it and she thrived in that environment. Okay. Like that's when we actually really found out how much of a horse she was. Yeah, and uh, we're like, wow, okay, we didn't see that coming. Part of that, I think, is I got on Addy when I had a lot of confidence. Like I was, I was winning on Jewel. I had confidence, and I mean, I was nervous as heck because she's not easy to ride. But I remember going down the alley. It was at Kennedy, Saskatchewan, and it's kind of chaotic, and there's people in the way from a concession that's like right at the gate, and the music's loud. And I was like, I'm just on Jewel. I'm just on Jewel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, it worked out. So yeah, um, but you know it different types of pressure at home like you could work cattle like just put them into different situations at home but nothing's going to to um help you more than just going yeah. and them actually being exposed 
Probably the same thing with the ground too, right? Like the only way you're going to know if they handle it or if you can get used to sending your horse into different ground is you just got to go to the rodeos. Just send it. Just send it. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so exactly. if you were going to... Know how to ride on that crappy ground. Yeah. 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 So yeah. what? Like not pulling your horse's head away. Like you can't go on bad ground and we well, should never take your horse's head away anyway. Yeah. But yeah. If you go on bad ground, that is the last thing you should do because you're going to pull your horses. You're just going to disengage their hind end. Mm-hmm. They're going to be off balance and they're not going to be able to take care of themselves. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're going to give one piece of advice or even multiple pieces of advice to someone <laughs> that is going down the rodeo trail, what is that? As well as maybe like, a couple go-to things that you've always had on your trailer just in case one piece of advice that's really hard oh you can you can give <laughs> yeah. as many pieces of advice i don't even know why i said one <laughs> I, I say things i don't even know why I do. what, what? <laughs> um ugh, that's a tricky one like it's a cliche to say having a positive attitude but mm-hmm. set yourself up for success Mm-hmm. If you are not, if you are not in a good financial situation, if you're going for broke, and now I will tell you, my I have some stories about my mom rodeo, <laughs> like rodeo to rodeo, needing entry fees and stealing hay out of the ditch. But <laughs> if you if you are not worried about money, like if you're not, you don't want to go into rodeo and be like, I have to win this rodeo because if I don't win this rodeo, I can't get the next one. Mm-hmm. that could mess with your mindset that you know you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself so be set up financially go when when you can um if you're not winning jackpots like if you're not winning the one day at a jackpot or you're be ready like set yourself up for success mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um find a mentor if rodeoing is new to you i was blessed and born with the best mentor so I was lucky that way but I tell other people find yourself a mentor find someone who has been where you want to go if they haven't been there how can they help you get there how can they coach you when they actually don't know what that took to get there yeah yeah so find a mentor and there's so many great barrel racers out there that like to help there's a lot yeah so just I mean, if you don't know one directly, just start asking and people can direct you in the right direction. Um, Learn how to enter. Learning how to enter is a big thing. Um, I had Randa. I grew up with Randa. I drove her nuts, I'm sure, my first couple years of rodeoing before I actually got my card when I was still on my permit and semi-pro. Okay, Randa, so I need to know this. Yeah, <laughs> and she'd always take my call. So she was my mentor for entering for sure. Um, and always put your horse first. That's the most important thing. If you're, I mean, you got to put yourself first too. But put your horse first. Um, if you are rodeoing um, with a mentality of no matter what, I'm going to win, and not no matter what, I'm going to take care of my horse. You're going to run into problems. Um, yeah. I had to, I had to give Jewel pretty much the year I made CFR after Strathmore. Well, she, she bled. So I had to give her, I gave her almost all of August off. And that was hard because I was in the standings 
but by no means did I have the CFR made. And I just went home and uh, Val Gillespie let me her horse um, for one weekend. And I actually, I went, I took him to Jasper, ran there. And then I just thought, you know what? This is her good horse. I'm going to send him home. And if I can't do this on Jewel, then I don't want to do it. It's not meant to be. And I'm just going to give her the time that she needs. And it was hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had to do what was right for her. And I could have brought her back sooner and I didn't. I just waited until I 100% knew she was going to be good and healthy and ready to go again. Yeah. And then it, it paid off. And I had a super healthy horse for the last few rodeos of the year. And I had a really healthy horse for the CFR. Yeah. That's great advice. Yeah, that is. And then, so what are some things that you would pack in your trailer? I have a very full vet kit. Um, you never want to be without, um, you know, banamine, mute, electrolyte, um, stuff like that, bandages. Yep. So I have, I like to have a full vet kit because you never know. Like I've had the a horse kick the panels and Lazzati well, kicks at everything. <laughs> and, you know, you have to have the doctor leg after she kicks the fence. And uh, what else? Lots of water. I pat. I never go anything where without a lot of water for me and for my horse. I pack a big tank, and I make sure it's always full. Yeah, uh, it's nice not to have to pack beans. water and go yeah. look for yeah. it. <laughs> oh yeah, like I need water on board because sometimes, you know, if you're pulling over to water and it's wonderful if it's water from home because they're going to drink it for mm-hmm. sure. So yeah, I try to have water on board and good feed and good music and a good guard dog. Yeah. <laughs> Can't forget that. What, yeah. What kind of guard dog do you have? I have a chihuahua. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I wouldn't touch that thing. That'd scare me off. A little land sure. shark? Or what's yours like? Is it the typical chihuahua? A land shark. Typical chihuahua. Yeah, she's locked up in another room right now because if she could hear you guys talking, she would be barking. Oh! So. <laughs> You know what? I did watch a video on Facebook and they like had like a fake intruder come in and see like what different types of dog breeds would like what mm-hmm. they do about it. And like the pit bull like mm-hmm. ran out the door, like all like the big scary dogs like were all like hells. No, I'm out. But the chihuahua was the only one that the protected savage. us. <laughs> yeah. They're oh, savage. Like yeah. they will get a hold of your pet leg. Yeah. And I don't miss anything. <laughs> like she hears everything so you at least get notified i don't need an alarm system because she'll notify me yeah. that it's something making a noise in the yard but yeah <laughs> but then once they family. but once they know you then they love you mm-hmm. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> that's not, optimistic not <laughs> <laughs> well i had i had one at the kennel and it was here for like four weeks and for the first two weeks whenever i went in the kennel it would like go nuts and like attack my boots and i was like i'm Mm -hmm. not putting my hands anywhere near this dog and it slowly like got to know me and then once it just flipped a switch in two weeks and that dog loved me like it'd want to come up and lick me and it just wouldn't leave me alone (laughs) well they you became the dog person yeah they're people yeah Yeah. so we pick these picture people but then they have a limit on their their list 
only a few allowed. Only like four list. people. <laughs> <laughs> Max capacity. Oh, yeah, they're so funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you not only barrel raced when it came to rodeo, you also competed for Miss Rodeo Canada in 1998. So what made you pursue this? Well, it was always a dream. Yeah. Like as a little kid, Aww. I was fascinated by Miss Rodeo Canada. My, I remember my dad introduced me to Shelly Sotero. Um, she's Shelly Kamistic now, Brittany Kamistic's mom. I think I was maybe five years old. And from the day I met her, I was, that was it. I was going to be Miss Rodeo Canada. Oh, cool. And yeah, I was a stage five clinger to a few <laughs> Miss Rodeo Canada's as a kid. Yeah. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yes, I always thought they were the nicest people. Well, they mm-hmm. they are. Yeah. I like, I want to be a ni- nice like that lady. She is so nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I don't think they would have any mean ones, probably. No, I would hope not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. I remember being young, and I, because I, I never came from a rodeo family, but I always, like, researched it, and, like, I always wanted to do it, but I, like, just never did. I think I swore way too much to even <laughs> pursue that. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, what does it take to run for Miss Rodeo Canada? And what are the different commitments you have for the year that you are crowned? Well, to become Miss Rodeo Canada, it takes years of dedication prior. Like, I started working on it in probably when I was five. But <laughs> I became, I always, like, made up these prepared speeches and would talk to oh my dog, my. whatever. Um, <laughs> any anything that would listen. And uh, but I ran for high school rodeo queen, so that's kind of how it started. I became high school rodeo queen, then ran for national, and then I actually that it was after that I took a hiatus from rodeo. I moved to BC, graduated out there. Kind of didn't really know if I wanted to come back to rodeo and then I was sitting on the beach one day and I was like oh you know I said I was going to be Miss Rodeo Canada by the time I was I think 20 or something like that I said Mm -hmm. so I thought well I better move back home and start working on that yeah (laughs) and and it was good because it got me back on the right track and um, I became committed again and dedicated and I put in the, the work you know you have to practice everything so you have to work on your public speaking. So I'd go to lessons for public speaking. Oh, wow. um, well, I'd, t- I'd taken modeling courses, you know, since I was younger, but then I still kept working on it as I prepared for Miss Rodeo Canada. Um, I worked on my horsemanship. I'd go ride with Les Timmons. And uh, you, just a lot of a lot of hard work. And you, the more you put into every aspect of the, the competition, the the better you're going to do. And I was really confident going into Miss Rodeo Canada that I think that 12 girls ran that year. And it was tough girls, like girls that there were two girls that had previously been BC high school rodeo. And you know, when you're competing against the high school girls like that have done that, they're going to be tough because Mm -hmm. they, they know what it's all about and they know what it takes to win. And so, yeah, lots of, lots of hard work. I was working a job. I had a really good boss. And he'd say, okay, when it's quiet, you better be working on your speech. And then every day he would, he would come and he'd come up with some impromptu questions for me. And 
he'd quiz me and uh, because impromptu was not, that was my weak point. Oh, I never completely sorry, bombed an impromptu, but it was never my strength. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then as far as commitments that year, uh, the first thing I did, I think, after I won was went to the NFR. I went to a whole bunch of rodeos, speaking engagements. I shot a commercial, which is terrible. I am not a good actor. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I want to see it. <laughs> it t- there is a video cassette of it, like a VHS of it somewhere. <laughs> and it is so bad. And they did air it a couple times, but not a whole bunch. But it took all day. And the lady was so nice. And she's like, just keep trying. Okay, now maybe try this the next time. And I, it was awful. Oh, I, dear. Anyway, so embarrassing. That's another embarrassing moment. Because as soon as it went on TV, fingers of Robert Powers. And somebody's like, I saw your commercial. And he's dying laughing. He's like, keep your day job. Oh, no. <laughs> So encouraging. (laughs) Yes, yes. That's hilarious. Are very honest. Yeah, Yeah. no kidding. That would be so fun, though. Just the experiences that be a lot of work. I don't know if I'd be up for that much work. I feel like it's. I told people that being Miss Rodeo Canada was like the hardest work I've ever done. Oh, really? Yeah. Imagine. Yeah. I mean, not obviously not physical labor or anything like that, but um, you were never you always had to be on mm-hmm. and you and didn't smiling. get a lot of sleep yeah okay like i would have never thought that smiling was good exercise but if you've gone a long time without smiling mm-hmm. and then you start smiling a lot your face hurts like yeah. i get a oh, yeah my yeah. face always so, hurts when i smile like taking pictures after a while yeah <laughs> after a day of doing our photo shoots i just i think i end up looking angry at the end of them <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we. I actually lived down the road from a previous uh, Miss Rodeo Canada. Oh yes, and who is that? Brittany Foster. Oh, I know Brittany very well. Yes. Yeah, she love her. Yeah, she's Great so girl. nice. Her kids are like the cutest things ever. I love them. Well, <laughs> I know, so cute. Yeah, she, she has three. Right? Yeah, she has three. Yeah. Um, she said it was so much work doing that though, but loved every mm-hmm. minute of it. Didn't she yeah, even she go to Australia and mm-hmm. stuff after for yeah, that too? Yeah. We've yeah. been meaning to get her and Billy on here to have a, a funny father-daughter chat. It would be hilarious. He is a That would funny be man. fun. Yeah, he is a funny man. <laughs> so what do you think was like the most memorable part of it for you? Um. Okay, there was quite a few of those moments. Meeting, we went to a lot of hospitals. and met a lot of sick children. Um, I got to sit down and visit with them. I remember meeting this one little boy. He was only, uh, he was eight, and he was suicidal um, because he had experienced so much abuse. Hmm. And uh, I sat with him for hours. I actually told him I didn't want to see any other kids once I got talking to him and I actually was able to stay in touch with him until he was about 12 and then I lost contact with him. Yeah. But, um, just, he had somebody to talk to for a little while. Like I know it didn't make a huge difference, but, um, yeah, you know, like, so that was memorable, even though it's kind of sad. Um, the, the positive side, most memorable. Okay. When I ran for 
National High School Rodeo Queen from Alberta. I met a girl named Mary Shaw, and she was from Utah. We became instant friends. And I remember standing at the crowning, and they were, you know, calling the top ten, and she was holding my hand, and she's like, it's okay, I'll see you later, Miss Rodeo Canada. <laughs> and she <laughs> what? And then walked away. And we stayed in touch. And then we kind of lost touch for a little while, and... I don't know why, how I didn't know. I mean, we didn't have social media back then, but we yeah, get to yeah. the NFR and we're watching the Miss Rodeo America contest and it was the last day, so the day of the crowning. And I look up and here's Mary as Miss Rodeo Utah. And yeah. she won Miss Rodeo America. Aw. So, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. And so I'm almost teary-eyed. Oh, you're always teary-eyed. <laughs> <laughs> Steph has to cry at least once on every episode. <laughs> yeah. So I told my Lori Carolyn, who is the business manager for Maturity Tenant, I told her the story. I'm like, I have to see Mary. And I knew I was going to get to see her later that night because we'd be riding together in the Grand Entry. But I'm like, I have to see her now. So they got me back there. And I went walking up to her and I said, oh, hey, Miss Rodeo America. And then we just both started crying. She's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, And Miss Rodeo America never used to come up here. So Jack Danes heard that story. So he flew her up for Innistar Rodeo so we could be together. Aw. Yeah. So that was, mm -hmm, that was really great. And then, you know, meeting all the committees, I had so much fun with so many of the committees, like, Kelowna still had a rodeo and you know we have to always be in full attire it's in your contract like full attire all the time always professional that'd be so That's hot like if you're in a mm-hmm. oh, oh. Mm-hmm. And- full makeup Honestly, yeah hairspray yeah <laughs> can't put your hair in a and bun <laughs> I went to, yeah I went to Kelowna and the committee there they said you need a, a day off let's just go golfing oh fun and uh so I show up for golfing and I'm in full attire and they're like, no, <laughs> here's, a ball, here's a ball cap, here's a t-shirt, yeah. we're going golfing, you're not, you know, so. Don't have to wear a fringe on the golf course. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And it was fantastic. I'll never forget that. We laughed so much and I shouldn't drive the golf cart, so I learned that. And, <laughs> um, but it was fun. And then, obviously, so running back then, Miss Rodeo Canada just only stopped a couple of years ago, but we used to get to ride in the Grand Entry. It would be Miss Rodeo Canada in America. Mm-hmm. And so running down the alleyway at the Thomas and Mac, and I remember thinking, okay, I'm going to pretend I'm going in to make a barrel run, but then I cut a hard <laughs> right, and yeah, I'd never do this with my barrel horse. So just down the alley part of it, I'd pretend I was there to barrel right. That's awesome. May as well. Yeah. Why not? (laughs) Did you cringe at all, like, with how close that horse would get to, like, the poles or the posts at the end? I feel like every time I cringe. No. No? You were good? No. I was, back then, I didn't have fear of anything. And Mary literally (laughs) would actually whip my horse as I took off into the arena. She'd be behind (laughs) me and she'd flip rain and whip my horse. No. (laughs) I didn't cringe. I didn't even notice. It's too That's exciting. Awesome. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's awesome. So kind of a spin on the next question. Um, you said that you took a lot of public speaking and improv. So 
that obviously um, translated into your clinics and being able to connect with people after that. So would you say that um, being Miss Rodeo Canada really paved your way into like a successful career with helping people? Yes, um, it definitely did play a part. But too, one of those things, if you don't use it, you lose it. And True. Um, you always have to work at it. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me to get up and speak publicly on a stage now, my heart might explode. Like, but it's, I could, I've done it for years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, even through the business that I'm in, I've done a ton of public speaking. And, you know, you go a little while without doing it. You need to go back and practice. Um, so yes, it did set me up, but I've had to continue to work at it all along. I'm very comfortable speaking to people in a small setting, like a clinic that is easy for me. I can do that all day long. Yeah. But but to get up on a stage now, oh, I mean, I don't know. I need a lot of practice, but that, (laughs) as I mentioned, even with the barrel racing and gaining confidence and rodeoing, it's all in doing the more you do it, the more confident you get. Yeah. Right. But yeah, Miss Rodeo Canada set me up great for a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And the experiences from that. So for sure. I feel like you would have really good posture. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I have, have to work at that. I feel like you have a good one. I don't have a very good one. I'm always hunched over. <laughs> it's poised. Bad yeah. when you work from home on a computer. I <laughs> yeah. have to check myself regularly. I'm yeah. driving a lot. I get my, and it's funny because. My sister-in-law, Kenda, is a physiotherapist, and she made this post one time, and it was like how people sit when they're driving, Ooh. and I'm like, oh, I do oh, that. No. So now when I'm driving, I try to like <laughs> consciously bring my head back up, get my neck aligned, stuff my chin yeah. so that I hmm. don't end up hunched back. I'm terrible when I'm driving. I'm hunched over bad. Yeah. yeah. Well, you sit in there for so long. So let's get into your 2021 goals. If you – um Wait. So what, I can't read this question. Um, So what are some of your goals in 2021 in the barrel horse world? If world, that was weird. You can just keep that in because I'm weird. Um, If you are a goal orientated person. Well, I'm definitely goal orientated. You have to have goals. Um, This year, my main focus is great for the fraternities. And uh, if there's rodeo, I'd like to get to some rodeos on Addy. And another goal is to get the bomber healed up. As I mentioned, she's just got, you know, one minor procedure left. So I'd like to get her healed up and then get her in shape no matter what we do with her because she wants to be rode. She's young and healthy. And mm-hmm. I'd like love to name. make some runs on her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, the bomber. Yeah. <laughs> I like that too. <laughs> it makes me smile. When, the, the bomber. When yeah. Quinn... When Quinn first sent her, he said, give her a, a ladylike name. And I just, nothing ever came up. And she <laughs> became the bomber. She's not just bomber. She's the bomber. The bo- that is a cool name. Yeah. Yeah. It is a cool name. Yeah. And it's sweeter. And she's the sweetest horse ever. So it is kind of odd. But then when she made her, it's like, yeah, it's the bomber. Yeah. <laughs> so, the bomb. Yeah. The bomb. So get her healed up. See where that goes. Um, you know. I could maybe run her at my mom's alumni. I have to talk to Quinn about that. He has a ranch out in Saskatchewan, and she'd be the perfect horse for him to kind of ride out there too. So he might want to do that. But regardless, we're just happy. She's healthy, alive. We'll be able to uh, 
he'll be able to suck embryos out of her later. Mm-hmm. Nice. And she'll have more babies that way. And and then the other goal is to, um, I have to come up with a plan for Jewel. She's 19. She's totally healthy. She's bored out of her mind. I haven't run her in, I want to say, four years. And I just, only because I I got Addie and I got on Addie and I didn't want to get off of Addie. Yeah. And then when, when Addie got hurt, then I just really didn't want a rodeo and I didn't want to put it all on Jewel. Yeah. So I only went to a couple of rodeos the next year and I just feel like she's wasting. So I I have to come up with a plan and, you know, I've considered selling her, but she's not an easy horse. Like you want to talk horse and yeah. So she's not exactly an easy sell, even though the barrel racing part of her is easy. The <laughs> saddling her is hard. Like, <laughs> pulls back and she tries to throw herself down and she's cinchy and whatever. Oh but um, <laughs> I'd love, love to, you know, see a high school kid or a junior rodeo girl or amateur rodeo girl, anybody go do good on her. She still wins. She catch, still catch for rodeo checks. I'm sure she was the right person. But, um, so yeah, I have to come up with a plan for her and I'm procrastinating that, but she's bored and I can tell she's sad. She loves yeah. to go, like, when the trailer pulls up, she's at the gate. Really? In, like, Am I finally. going? Oh, yes. <laughs> she wants to go, so um, I'm not going to let her sit and waste another year. So she's either going to have a baby or she's going to go run barrels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she's yeah. not a, I don't want to just jackpot her. Like, she doesn't deserve to really go jackpot either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe some of those rodeos that might go in the fall, maybe I'll run her at that, but. Yeah, hopefully we have some That's stuff also. fire up a little later on this summer and fall. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see what happens. It will be, yeah. I'm so excited really for Dee's barrel race. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you think is it looking like it's going to be a go? I hope so. Yeah. Like, mom's not going to have it unless we can have 500 people. Um, oh, okay. Because that's how many people were anticipating coming. Yeah. Wow. And if if we can't do the social aspect of it, she doesn't want to have it. Oh, yeah. She yeah. doesn't want 10 people in the arena and and nobody else. And the evening stuff is very social, and that's important to my mom. Like, this is a reunion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's so true. Yeah. Not a, we can't talk to each other, and you have to go sit in your trailer situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to be at 500 people outdoors for, for it to go. And they're saying we will be, but who knows? I'm really curious about Calgary because they're being very optimistic and mm-hmm. I just love to know what the plan is. But Yeah. Um, I read that too. I mean, if Calgary goes, we're definitely going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. So where is um, the alumni race uh, scheduled to be at um, so that you guys can have that many people and a bit of a social aspect as well? Um, we're booked for Calmac. And... Uh, the first year we had it at the Stampede Grounds, which was awesome, but it poured rain the one day, so <laughs> uh, we decided to go inside, but we still all had fun, and it's so fun to run in that arena. Mm-hmm. That would um, be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. So it's going to go at Calnash, and the first day, the Friday is time only, and then that evening is a wine and cheese social up at the rooftop at nice. the Snoka Stampede Grounds. Yep. Nice. And then Saturday is the first go, and then the evening is a barbecue, chicken and steak barbecue. And then the Sunday will be the second go, 
and then the awards after. And we have saddles for every D. So it's a 5D. Mm-hmm. So the average winners in each D will get a saddle. And then Sweet. there'll be um, go-around winners in each D. And we have Elliott bits for those. So for Ooh. every go-around and every D, every D, we have Elliott bits. Nice. Ugh, I got to get to and a then, clinic. Yeah. <laughs> come on, Diener. Yeah, you have to get to a clinic. Yeah, that does sound like a really fun event. And I love how there is the social aspect too. So you can totally appreciate, um, you know, only doing it if you guys can have that. Mm Because yeah, obviously that's the fun of it and important. Yeah. So if if it didn't work out, would we just postpone it again another year? Another year, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's not going to just be canceled. (laughs) No, it won't be canceled. We have the saddles, the bits, like everything. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Hey. So it's got to happen. No, we definitely won't cancel. It'll just be the 52nd yeah. anniversary. Nice. Yeah. 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 It ends up, but hopefully, hopefully we can go. Yeah. Yeah. Because I have two lightning brand horses to run at that barrel race. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So speaking of clinics, um, you mentioned you were just up here in Manning and then a friend of ours, Megan, came to see you um, about seven saddles. So Let's chat a little bit about the Seven Saddles. Mm-hmm. It seems like people have really been loving them lately, and there's getting to be more and more out there. They look so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like those mm-hmm. pencil rolls look so deep too. I notice. I want right. to sit. I want to sit in one. I can't wait. Well, for there's so together. many different options. It looks like yeah, yeah. cool. And then you guys just got now a bear trap have- saddle. Is what Megan was saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, we have many options now. Um, when we first started, there was just the one. We had the one leather saddle. Um, and one tree, and that was it. And then uh, the one neoprene from Equitech, which we still have, which is on the fiberglass tree. And now we have three, four different tree options. You can get a neoprene on a wood tree, or you can get the Equitech on fiberglass. And yeah, and then as Nadine mentioned, we have Kathleen calls it the safe tree. But it's similar to a bear trap, just not as the swells aren't turned back as drastically. Mm-hmm. Okay. But just a higher swell and a higher cancel. Mm-hmm. And we can do those in a half and half. We can do them in a leather. We can do it in neoprene. There's three different riggings, <laughs> leather saddles. Like the, yeah. the options are, are endless now, yeah. which is really great with our new maker of the platinum. Yeah. Do you have any of those um, new styles uh, with you to try out yet or is it still like coming soon? I do. No, I do. I had one for Megan to try. I just received it. Oh, okay. um, so yeah, I do have some available and I have, we're supposed to have like the naked bear trees coming so that I can use them for fitting, but you actually can't export anything that's of native Brazilian wood oh. alone, like without it being treated or, so we're trying to figure out because it costs more to treat the wood than to build a saddle around it. Really? So we're just trying to, mm-hmm, we're trying to figure out how we could maybe just cover it in leather and then we'll cut the trees out when they get here. Yeah. So yeah. that's being worked on right now. But yeah, I have one here, more coming. I'll have like, I should have three more this week. So I'll have saddles for people to try. And then once I have all the trees and I'll have every option available nice. to fit a horse as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, That's cool. really cool. So oh, just have to come down and see you. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I want well, to. Yeah. So yeah, what got you started riding in Seven Saddles? Well, 
so I met Kathleen. So Kathleen's the owner of Seven Saddles. And I met her in St. Pete in 2014, I think. And, you know, just casually met her and uh, in the hospitality room there and never, you know, talked to her really after that. Mm-hmm. And then I'd seen she posted about getting them, you know, wanting to send them out around the country for people to try. And I didn't even message her then yet. Yeah. And then she personally messaged me and said she'd been talking to Sylvain Bourgeois, who is the president of the rodeo at St. Keith. And okay. she said, Sylvain told me to get a hold of you and see if you would be interested in trying one of these saddles and if you like it, selling them. Yeah. And I've actually been thinking, I need something for the bomber because she's super smooth, but she'd leave a turn. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I rode some horses like Addie. They're, that's the strongest horse I've ever rode in my life, but she'd more throw me forward than back. And the bomber was throwing me back. Okay. And, um, I, you know, I'd like to try something. And then sure enough, she contacted me. So she sent me a saddle and I loved it. Like the bomber would power off a barrel and I sat back in that saddle seat, scoot my butt up and we went. So I really liked them, but I didn't want to sell them because I have enough things on the go as it is. And so I started trying to find people to sell these saddles. Well, they're new and people are leery and they're like, mm-hmm. well, I don't know. Um, I'd asked so many people. And finally I just said, okay, I'll do it until I find you someone else. Well, I'm still doing it and there isn't anybody else. <laughs> I'm still Western Canada. Oh, <laughs> dear. <That's> awesome. <laughs> yeah. But things so, are probably, um, they've been busy, I bet. Yeah, hey? I imagine you've mm-hmm. been super busy very busy and I that's something I have to work on because that's not my business like yeah. I just you know help mm-hmm. pass on the side so yeah. I have to manage my time because with the saddles people have a lot of questions mm-hmm. and understandably so and I spend a lot of time on my phone answering questions so yeah. I just have to kind of manage it so now I try to do it I get up early and start answering questions <laughs> in the morning I have it on my page like if you send me a message you get a reply and I say I work Monday from seven till noon Monday to Thursdays or something okay. yeah okay but um yeah so I just have to manage that but they're I'm really happy with where they're at now it's taken a lot of time patience work and going through a couple different saddle makers to get the saddle that we want and the saddle we wanted was what people are asking for right yeah like I loved the original saddle but that particular maker didn't want to work with us on improvement hmm. and give more options yeah. and then um now finally we're here with this one and we're really happy and Kathleen put so much into it like um we had the gold saddle and you know that particular maker wasn't keeping up with production was struggling just because it was so busy and I mean, Kathleen just jumped on a plane and went to Brazil and was like, hey, so this is what we need to do. And she went and met with other makers and found the one that was willing to do everything that we wanted. And oh, wow. she saw their work. And so right very, to the source. Good yeah. And I love oh. how affordable they are as well. Like they're mm-hmm. not only beautiful saddles that-, that seem like everyone's loving. It's like you, they're also achievable mm-hmm. to buy. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Exactly. And even now with the platinum, like the quality of leather you're getting, the sheepskin, the conchos, everything is the best. 
mm-hmm. and the prices of like they've gone up a little bit like but basically a hundred dollars a saddle yeah. Um, oh, yeah that's nothing so now you're getting a super high quality saddle at a very affordable price yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, with lots of options <laughs> well yeah yeah customizable too yeah i hate yeah. to to um, cut into this conversation but I have to go I have to head on to work and do some hair and lashes today uh, <laughs> unfortunately I wish I could stay in barrel razor land forever but <laughs> but I really really appreciate talking to you and getting to meet you over the phone um, I can't wait to meet you in person and hopefully we can set something up or maybe we come down for like a lesson and try some saddles and stuff mm-hmm. maybe we can like do it with some like videos and yeah, that'd be cool. and get some like oh, content for the podcast that would be fun yeah that would be awesome i would love that and it was nice meeting you as well thank Perfect. you for having me i'll let you uh <laughs> hang out with these two girls here the rest of the time hopefully they're not too mean to you they're big and bad and <laughs> mean. i'm the only nice one i freaking yeah, keep them right. in place <laughs> oh my all right we'll see you guys all and i can't wait to listen to this episode because it's gonna be bomb the bomb the bomber yeah, the bomber. The bomb. well, when, Nadine, when you come visit you can you can go for a ride on the bomber oh dear okay do we have more questions about those saddles um like, can you tell us a little bit how they fit the horse and rider? Like, I've heard um, they're pretty versatile, um, but is there also right. lots of different sizes for the horse that they do come in? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, as I mentioned, we originally only had, like, the one tree in the leather and then the one tree in the neoprene. Now we have multiple trees. So, um, there's a 40-degree, 40 42, 45, gullet width from 6.5 to 8. Okay. Um, nice. we, we can do pretty much anything in the platinum and yeah so cool. many more options and then now the options for a neoprene on a wood tree and as mentioned the, the bear trap style which is called the safe saddle the safe saddle i want to so sit in one of those mm-hmm. I, I haven't yet either so that will be coming <laughs> soon i'll nice. have one cool a lot of people comment and you know for myself is the comfort like they're so comfortable mm. um your position and the, the security you feel in the saddle as well yeah so it's just that's what um you know the that people comment the most about yeah. and for myself it was the riding the bomber when she's powering off like i was staying with her mm-hmm. well i know um, i've seen i've seen cassie simpson posting about hers recently and her mm-hmm. style horse, like he's a big, powerful horse, and she's just mm-hmm. she's not very big. And she said it it has helped a lot, mm-hmm. right? With that yeah, so, yeah. Do yeah. you uh, do you prefer the pencil roll or the Cheyenne for yourself? I'm a Cheyenne roll girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I prefer that. I probably because I'm old school. <laughs> <laughs> my my neoprene saddle is a pencil roll, though. Okay. Um. But it's an Equitech, and so it's a little bit different tree. Oh, it does okay. the um, cantle isn't as high as on the leather one. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I just and it feels good too. Yeah, but I've ordered I ordered two new platinums, and I both I ordered both of them in a Cheyenne roll. Oh, okay, cool. but uh, we sell probably more pencil rolls. That's definitely what people 
are looking at right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Is it, uh, would you say true, like A, they're a little bit deeper and then B, I've also heard like if you are going to switch to a pencil roll, maybe go a half a size up? Sizing up, yes, I do recommend in the pencil roll in the leather saddle. Depends if you go with a hard seat. So a hard seat's more true to size, but if you have that little bit of cushion, yeah, I do recommend sizing up in a pencil roll. I don't think it's a deeper seat. Like the rise in the saddle is the same little bit like it touches me in the back more. Hmm. Um, then my, then my Cheyenne roll. So that's okay. the only reason I don't like it, but maybe I'm riding, I tried one maybe that the seat was too small. Maybe I needed to try it in a bigger seat, but yeah, I'm a creature of habit and I love my Cheyenne roll. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Nadine had a question about the saddles. Um, do they come in her style, which is black? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, good. <Yes>. <laughs> She's like, ask, ask if they come in the black. black one the other day. Oh, really? Okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's all about the black tack. 100%. <laughs> okay. Um, and I had another question. Like, so neoprene versus leather, do, what do you find? Are there lots of benefits like everyone the lower weight of the neoprene do you think it makes a big difference or what well if you go by the track theory of 10 pounds as a temp then mm-hmm. it probably does make a difference yeah um what I, what i tell people though when they're buying i find out how many horses they're riding mm-hmm. if you're riding if you're a trainer um mind you i do know trainers that ride in the neoprenes all day but the neoprene's not going to last as long as a leather so for training day to day you probably want to be in a leather but um like i know carolyn boucher she trains in the neoprene too just because she rides so many horses and it's just easy to swap out and she's got a few of them Mm -hmm. but for long time wear definitely go with the leather and a lot of people ride in the leather and then compete with the neoprene for the lightweight aspect of it yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. and then there's people that have had injuries um, that only ride a couple, one or two horses a day. They've had an injury and they want a light saddle. Yeah. And so they just go with the neoprene. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even if you're a professional, like we all are kind of working on something um, with ourselves too, what's something in your riding that you're working on this year? Well, every single day I work on my riding. I try to be a conscious rider. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom always told me, if you're, when you're riding, you're either training or untraining your horse, and I think that's the same for people. I'm always, I ride alone a lot, 99.9% of the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm always checking myself constantly, uh, making sure I'm not developing a bad habit, mm-hmm. something that I'd pick on somebody else about. It's like, okay, are you doing that? Like, I love when I teach a clinic because I'll catch somebody doing something and I'm thinking, shoot, I think I was, I've been doing that lately. Oh, yeah. Um, so I work on my riding every day, like my body position, my hands. I It's something I don't think you can ever stop working on. And plus, while you're riding, you're conditioning your muscle memory. Mm-hmm. So I always make sure that I'm conditioning myself to good habits and not picking up bad habits. Yeah. Nice. So I work on it every day. Do you ever? And all of it, not just one aspect. Yeah. Um, do you ever video yourself so you can watch or like send videos to people or, or? I haven't and I'm bad for videoing. Like I've never seen myself make a run on Grace yet. I have no idea oh, what wow. she looks like. I don't know what she feels like. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, 
I know, but that's going to change. And no, and I just try to get to my mom once in a while. Yeah. And she can check me, but I find that if I'm always aware and conscious of it, mm-hmm. I'm usually on it. And when I help other people, I catch myself doing stuff. Yeah. Like I really get on people if they get their feet behind them a little bit and tip forward. And okay. I'll catch myself a little bit tip forward. I'm like, sit your butt down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Nice. So we like to end all our episodes with a funny or embarrassing story. I know you've told us a one or two here but um we may as well have another one <laughs> we we with my list we could have a, a podcast oh it no. funny because initially i knew you were going to ask this right yeah i listened to your podcast and i was like i don't have anything embarrassing then then i thought about it oh yes you do and then once i thought of one the floodgates opened and then all these memories oh. came at me but I'd have to say one of the top embarrassing moments, I think it was a year after it was Miss Rodeo Canada. I had a young horse named Roxy. She come off the track. She was a gas hall and she was a bronc. And I thought, well, my friend Cheyenne was, I think we were going to Medicine Hat Spring Rodeo. I wasn't entered. I just was going to go with her, get this horse exposed to something. So, I took her in the arena during slack and I was thinking, okay, <laughs> I'm going to run some stock out on her, at least stand there and get her exposed. Well, with the steer wrestling, and you got to remember this mare come off the track. Yeah. When they cracked that gate, Ooh. that shoot gate, oh, he no. took off and started bucking <gasps> oh, no. while the guy is bulldogging. So I can't remember who it was. But he was bulldogging, and I'm running and bucking past him, and I got piled into the fence. Oh, my goodness. That was really embarrassing, and I felt I was mortified. And everyone saw. Well, everyone saw, and I interrupted this guy's run. I don't think he noticed me. I don't remember there being him getting a rerun or really throwing. <laughs> but everyone was probably was focused on you. <laughs> yeah, nobody yeah, seen his run. <laughs> oh man! Oh my gosh, that has got to be like top rodeo so. embarrassing story there. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, I was. I didn't go to another rodeo with that horse. Like, I will. I never chased stock on her again. I never went in during the clock. Nothing. Yeah, but I don't think I went to a rodeo. For a year, I was so embarrassed. <laughs> oh, I was like, boy. I'm just going to stay home and get try and get the buck out of this horse. And it never yeah. really happened until I sold her. And then she never bucked with her new owner ever. Oh, really? Of course. Oh. <laughs> nope. That's funny. <laughs> I mean, by the time I sold her, she was 10 or 12, 10 or 11. She shouldn't be bucking anymore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No <laughs> kidding. Hopefully. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, thanks. For, thanks for sharing that yeah. one. That was awesome. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so, if our listeners want to know know more about your program or or even learn about the Seven Saddles, where are the best places to find you? Well, I'm on Facebook, so I just have my personal page on Facebook, and then I have a page for Seven Saddle Brooke Robertson Western Canadian Rep. Okay. So those are the best places to find me. I do have an Instagram, but I'm terrible for being on there. I don't go on there very often. Yeah. I can, Facebook is 
enough for me to try and maneuver through daily. <laughs> so yeah. I might get better on Instagram. So I am over there as well. Sounds okay. good. Yeah. Some people have their things. It's just easier to message on Facebook <laughs> right. and not so much the Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Well, yeah, we will tag you for sure when we do this episode too. Mm-hmm. On, uh, okay. Facebook awesome. For sure. Thank you. You bet. I appreciate it. Yeah, and thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Like, that was really awesome. We loved hearing more stories about your mom and, <laughs> and everything as well. And, um, yeah, <laughs> so thanks for all of your advice and knowledge. And we'll let you take us out you're of this welcome. episode. <laughs> you're, well, you're welcome, and thank you for having me. So uh, get rich or ride triumph. <laughs> Well, that's a wrap, folks. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode and be sure to head on over to www.horsepoorpodcast.com and grab yourself some Horsepoor merch. Be sure to follow along on Facebook and Instagram where you will find a link to our Patreon where you can subscribe for only $5 a month for a whole extra episode and a lot more content. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to make sure you never miss an episode. Leave us a review, tell a friend, and the most important, get rich or ride trying. (laughs) 